Lord. Today, I want to minister on the topic that our eyes should be open. Do we see what is happening in our world? And are we prepared for the coming of the Lord? You know, we can talk a lot about the coming of the Lord, but I think that the Church of Jesus Christ needs to have some sermons on sin because we need to develop the power of his presence within us that convicts us, you know, and empowers us and gives us a word in season that will touch someone's heart or someone's life. And the witness of who we are in Christ is all how we treat this season. Are we willing to give up something for the Lord, something that we do every day, something that we want to do, something that we desire. It's about our desires, church. Where are our desires? In this season, we look at ourselves, even as the brother has said that his come to Jesus day. We need those kinds of times in our life when God communes with us and we know that he has spoken to us. I want to hear his voice. How about you? And he's always speaking. Do you know that? He's always speaking. He says, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. So he's always after us. He's always with us. He's always nudging us. He's always desiring to hear from us. So today I want to talk about our bountiful father. He is such a bountiful father. Well, you know, bountiful, what does that mean? That means more than anything. There's nothing greater. He's so bountiful. He's so gifted. He gives us so much. And um, that's my desire today is that I can somehow, the Lord will help me open my heart and that our hearts will be open to see what it is that God wants us to see in this season of discipline. Um, we have to be obedient. Uh, our salvation came because Jesus was obedient to his desire. Now, how many know what his desire was? First, in the Garden of Gethsemane, his desire was that that the sacrifice be passed from him, wasn't it? He prayed there, he supplicated, he interceded, and finally he said to his father, "Not my will, but thine be done." And that's what this season is about. What kind of desires? Now, we give up physical things. We do sort of things like that. But the outcome of this is spiritual. God wants the church of Jesus Christ to grow spiritually because he's coming. And he's coming for a body that's washed and ready. So I want to talk about that today. You know, uh, some people call the Lenten season a tradition. You know, we look at different churches that that perhaps celebrate it, and we think it's a tradition, and it might be a tradition to them. But to the born-again believer, it, to the ransomed of the Lord, it's a season to look at ourselves and, and, and see where we stand spiritually. You know, everything in our society has a rating. What does it rate? One to ten. You go to the doctor, and they go, what is your pain? Tell me from one to ten. You know, they rate everything. And I want to ask the church today, what... Where do you stand in 1 to 10 in spiritual strength and spiritual power and spiritual desire? It's a time to remember to be obedient to the suffering Christ. It's wonderful to know we have salvation and it's wonderful to live in the realm of what he did for us. 
but what did it take for him to pay that price that we could have this great thing in our life? It's time to reflect upon our Lord Jesus and upon our God, our, our bountiful Father. Our, uh, he is a bountiful Father. I was so amazed to see in Scripture how many times he talks to us about being bountiful. You know, we understand bountiful, but not in the sense that he wants us to see him. He wants to see he wants us to see how generous he is to us, right? He never had any faults, but he forgives us. You know, the greatest thing is when somebody hurts you and you can forgive their fault. It's not your fault. How many times have you gone through troubles and you say, well, it's not my fault. I'm sure that Dr. Gorn has heard in the counseling center many times when she's talked to them about their lives and they say, well, it's not my fault. And people have a hard time forgiving because it's not their fault. But Jesus, God had no fault. Jesus had no fault, but he is forgiving. And I want the church to see that today. This is a season of obedience to forgiving. We have to forgive those little things. And I've been tried and tried in this season. And it seems like when you want to do good, it's like Paul. When you want to do good, you can't do good. You do wrong and you got to get better. Got to get that taken care of and keep right. Something that you got to do all the time, church. It's not something that you can do today and say, well, that was a good sermon pastor and I I forgave so and so you know but it's something that you have to do often because the devil knows what will hurt you and he trips your button and you have to know right then and there to to come against that with the power of his word and say you know I'm not receiving that August 10 uh, August Acts Acts 10 31 38 everybody can pray for my eyesight because I need it really bad Acts 10.38 is where I'm at. And it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. How many want that Holy Ghost to be anointed in your life? Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, understand something, church. Think of this. He lives in us. The anointed Savior lives in us. And we have the power to to, uh, become obedient to God It's difficult because sometimes he asks us to get out of our comfort zone and we don't want to do that, you know. And so this is about what's happening. Jesus did not want to do this, but he was willing to do it and be obedient to do it because he didn't he didn't have any fault. You know, he could have said, well, Father, I haven't I haven't got any fault. You know, I'm not guilty. I didn't do it. But he was willing to intercede and to seek God. And this is what's going on in our church today, church. He is speaking, but we are not listening. God wants us to listen. So as we do our discipline, let us do even as our brother did. Let us sit and meditate and see what it is that God wants to work in our life. This is the revelation of a bountiful prayer. It says, for God so loved the world. That is a bountiful prayer. That he forgave us. He, and, and, and if we believe in him, he gives us eternal life. I know that we're Christians. I know that everyone sitting in this pew today, most usually, believe that you have eternal life. But, you know, that's something that we have to work at, church. We have to continue to be obedient to the things that God is asking of us and doing in our life. Sometimes the enemy harasses us, not sometimes, always. 
he harasses us with little things, little things that will spoil the vine and keep us from being who God has made us to be. And so this season is meant to to um, mature us and bring us to what God wants to do in our life. And so, you know, think of that. John 3.16, the whole world almost knows what that means. The whole world can quote it. You can go to the tavern any day and they'll be singing Amazing Grace. I spent a lot of time of my youth, my very young youth, in the tavern getting my dad. And I heard the Christian songs sang over and over in the world. It is in the heart of man to worship God. Even if he doesn't know God or want God, it's still in his heart because the breath of God is in us, church. And there's they cannot get away from it. And what happens is they run from what it is that God wants to do in their life. Psalm 116.12, here's the question for the day. It says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? This is the psalmist crying out to God and he's saying, God, what, what can I render unto you for all your benefits? Church, we're living in a benefit world. Our president of our country wants to give away everything. It's a day of benefits. Not only is it a benefits in the world, but it is benefits in Christ. And the benefits that Christ has for us is so much more powerful than we ever imagined. He forgives us. You know, he, he takes us to, to the bottom and, and brings us forward and rises us in the power of who he is and the glory of who he is. And we would be nothing without him, church. And we need him with all of our heart. And, you know, what is the depth of your uh, feeling for Christ? What is the depth of your love? What is the depth of your devotion? Just consider that. If we just stopped the service here and went home with that thought in mind, how deep am I in Christ? How much do I love him? What will I give up for him? What can I do for him? The message would be heard. Because God is crying out with a heart that wants devotion and praise and action if there was ever a day that God wanted action from the body of Christ, it is this day. And he's a bountiful father. He has not only given us spiritual strength and spiritual things and gifts and empowered us and all those things, but he's given us a beautiful land to live in. He's giving us beautiful fellowship and friendship. He's giving us so much bountiful things that we don't even recognize the power that he's given to us. The psalmist said in 143.5, I remember the days of old. I meditate upon all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands, not just the Father's artwork and the beautiful things that we see, but the work that he's done in our life. What work has he done in your life? Is that work dormant in your life? What are we doing for the things that he has done for us? When I... When I read this scripture, my, my soul wept because I thought of all the times that he had ministered to me and brought me through the hard places and the difficulties and the trenches and all of the failures and all of those things. And I thought, Father, I don't even think of those things. I just think of how glorious you are. But God wants us to remember what he has brought us through, that we might want to do more for him, that we might want to go to another step 
you know, we get our sins forgiven. That's one thing. But he wants to take us on from glory to glory to glory. He doesn't want us to remain the same. He wants us to grow in the power of his presence and the anointing of who he is that lives in us. And I say to the church today, do you remember the things of old? Do you remember the things of your living? However long you've lived, do you remember the things and the works that God has done in your life? And do you remember them to give thanks and glory and honor? Or do you remember them to just fuss and cry over them? But God wants us to get over that and remember the good things that he's done in our life and build in us his power and his glory. The church of Jesus Christ needs to be invigorated today and powerful today and praising today. The spirit of God needs to be pouring out of us that wherever we go, that people who are in sin feel uncomfortable because there's a presence of God that comes near them. And they don't even know what it is, but there's a presence of God that lives in us that is powerful, that it convicts the sinner when we come near them. And it used to be that way. I tell you this story all the time. We used to go to a restaurant called Knox's. And we would go there and this this service, and, and I don't know if Phil's been with me there. She threw the food at me. She hated me. And we would go there because we loved to eat there. And she would see us coming and you would just you would just see her bristle. And she she just could not stand it. And the Lord said to me, just love her and just give her big tips and just be sweet to her. And the sweeter I was, the meaner she was. And I just kept it up and kept it up until one day I walked in and she greeted me and she treated me kindly. And that is what the world needs. They need to sense the power and the anointing of God. And I I want to be that strong. I want God, I want it to be where I go that people sense that there's something better in me, something holy in me. And, and that is what we need to do. It says, I remember the days of old. I remember those days of heartache. I remember those days of, of fear and anxiety. But God has brought me through that. And this is a new day. And I'm a new person. And God is still working in our lives. And we need to thank him for the work that he's done in our lives. Because some of us would be lost if he didn't pick us up and take care of us and bring us through. Oh, church, we need to stop and do that, not to go back and to think about those things just to cry over them, but to go back and think about how God brought us through the difficulties, the valleys, the hard places, the difficulties, and he caused us to repent. What can we do? What benefit can we do today? We need to, the church of Jesus Christ needs to grow and what, what have we done with the living that he's given us? We all want eternal life. We're all looking for Jesus to come. But what is he looking for in us is the question. Jesus brought us out of darkness, church. He set us free. Uh, Psalm 142.7 says, Righteousness shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. When we worship, when we really get into it, church, I mean, we say praise the Lord. But when we praise from the depth of our heart, truly, sincerely, the only time sometimes that we do that is when we need him so bad. But when we have him and we feel his love, that's the time that we should dip into the depth of his presence in our life. Not just when we need him, but just because we love him. And the psalmist says, righteousness will compass about. Now, what does that mean? That means right standing comes when we worship him with a true heart. You know, we don't like to say, you know, Christians, they think we're righteous, so they think we're better than them. We're not better than them. 
We're just like them, but we can be righteous. And righteous means we stand right before God. And we have to have those moments of come to Jesus when we can stand right before him. When we can look at ourselves and say, I might be the problem here. I've got to overcome something. You know, I've got to be more peaceable. I've got to be more kind. I've got to, you know, do something that is more spiritual than what I'm doing. Psalm 119, and I love this, and I encourage you to read Psalm 119, longest uh, uh, psalm in the Bible, longest passage of scripture in the Bible. And it says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. I have told you over and over and over to go to the Old Testament to see that the Old Testament is awesome, that it leads the way to the New Testament. It leads the way to Christ. And if you went there, you would see what was required of them and you'd be so grateful for Christ. You would be so grateful for Christ because you would see the legality, you would see the laws, you would see how God wanted them to be and how they weren't and what they went through because they weren't what God wanted them to be. And then you come to the New Testament and God raises up Jesus Christ and gives us uh, grace and mercy and peace and forgiveness and it, we don't have any restrictions except to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit. That's all we have to do. Is that too hard? The Old Testament, they had to wash their pots, pots and pans and the dishes perfect. It had, they had, they couldn't touch, couldn't touch parts of the food. I mean, you have to read there. You probably have read there and thought, well, why am I reading this? Well, you're seeing what grace has done for us. The power of grace. God has given us such power of grace and mercy that we don't even recognize when He's mercying us. We don't even recognize sometimes when his grace is standing between us and the Father. So it says, deal bountifully with thy servant that, that I may live. The church needs to come alive uh, at large and live and live for Christ and live for the power of God and live for the anointing and live for God in a supernatural way. I think of the days of my mom, you know, and them little old ladies. They come to the house every week and they pray for us and they write it down and take it home and pray for us some more. And I believe in prayer, church. I believe it changes things. I believe if we would pray and seek God with the depth of love and desire for him, God would do works like they did. Is this still a day of miracles? Why are there no miracles? Because the body of Christ is a little bit anemic. We need to grow in the power of his grace. This is a season to talk about growing. That's why we have the Lenten season. What is the Lenten season? Spring. It's when you see the new flowers coming up. You see the, 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 what the farmers do, the wheat and the corn. You see all those things coming alive. So this is a season in the church world and in the spirit to just come alive. And hopefully you'll come alive enough that it'll last until the next season of spring. You know, you'll go through moments of dormant, dormant stuff. You'll go through moments of trial and tribulation. But, you know, God is always there to spring forth in your life and bring newness of life to you. And it's never over till it's over. It won't be over until we stand before God in eternal life. And we need to know this today. And the, as a church, we need to grow. And he says, deal bountifully with thy servant. How many want him to deal bountifully with you? Hallelujah. Well, he's done that and he will do it again. He will never cease to deal bountifully with his people. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. That's how much he loves us. 
Psalm 13, 6 says, I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So we don't just have a song service because somebody told us that you start church with a song service. We have a song service because when we sing for him, he will deal bountifully with us. And that's why we sing songs of Zion. That's why we sing songs of him. We don't sing songs that don't have him in them, you know, have Christ in them. But when we sing, it's to open up our soul so that we can magnify the Lord. And when we magnify him, he hears the praises and it starts a new work in us. I tell the church this morning that God wants us to be in right standing with him. When we come into the house, we get in right standing because his presence is here and we get there. Then we need to stay there all week till we get back and get another ounce of energy to see, to, for him to deal bountifully with us. He doesn't just look at us all the same. We're all different. We all have different calls of God in our life. And yet he deals bountifully with everyone the same. How awesome is that? Proverbs 22, 9 says, he has dealt, this is so important. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. What is a bountiful eye? He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed for he giveth of his bread to the poor. The poor is, the poor is ones without Christ. And notice who gave uh, his bountiful blessing to us, the Father God. And what did he give to us? He gave us the bread of life. So that scripture is so powerful. It's just two lines. And it, it says, he that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. God is speaking to us to be givers, givers of his bread, givers of his word, givers of our monies, givers of ourself, givers give. He that giveth sparingly, the Bible says, will receive sparingly. But he that giveth abundantly shall receive abundance. And God is working in our lives today and he's looking to see, do we have an bountiful eye? Will we, will we bless others? Will we see that the, that the sinner is poor and he needs the bread of life? You know, we love to take communion. We take the bread of life into us. We take it in and we just feel his power and his presence coming within us. But the world is suffering and going to hell. And we need to be able to be the word extended as we go amongst our duties. The Bible says in John 6.35, you know this, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know, but we hunger. We thirst. We have those physical things that we need in our life. But God is speaking spiritually to us. Do we hunger for him? Do we thirst after him? Do we thirst after righteousness? John 6:51. he says, I am the bread of life and I came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Talk about abundant life. Every, if you eat of this bread, if you eat of this word, if you eat of this, you will have abundant life. He says he shall live forever. That's a word of God. He shall live forever. That means you might pass through the valley of the shadow of death and you might even go through the grave, but you will come forth triumphant because you shall live forever. This is what he has given us in this season. But he wants us to rise up and be alive in him, not be dormant, not be just, well, I, I yes, I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. 
I'm unique because God loves me and calls me and redeemed me and took away my sin. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He says, I am the bread of life. So if there is a, 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 um, a hunger in your spirit for the word of God, he will be the bread to you. And he will, he will cause his word to just come forth in illumination. He will illuminate his word to you. You can read John 3.16 and one word will jump out to you and the Holy Spirit will get a hold of your neck and cause you to listen to what God is saying. And and unless you come to him with a full heart and a full desire, that won't happen. If you just read the scripture through because you're reading it through, that won't happen. You have to stop. You have to meditate. You have to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. God says, I sent my son. I want, I want to see that the world is convicted and working for me because I sent my son to die for them. If we're not the light in our world, the world will never come to Christ. And we have to be the light like I have to be the light in my family. I have to be the light in the people that I work with. I have to be the light in wherever I am, and you have to be the light wherever you are. And if everybody will be the light where they are, then everybody will be receiving the light of Christ. And and maybe you can bring them to salvation through just being a smiling person and a calm and a, and a calm and listening person. In John six fifty one, he says, "I'm the living bread." He's not just the bread. He's not the bread that we chewed up. He's the living bread. He lives in us. He's the living bread. He came down from heaven. It says, if any man eat of that bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Listen to that. He gave his flesh. It's our flesh that we have to deal with. It's our soul that we have to deal with. God wants all of us. He wants us to love him with everything. Not not just love him because we love him, but love him with our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit. I pray that God will open our ears today. I want to hear. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. I want I want to grow. I want our church to grow. I want us to be people of strength and boldness and faith and can experience an unction of the Holy Spirit and say, yes, Lord, I will do that. Because he's speaking all the time. Sometimes you just think of a friend somewhere that you used to have and you're just driving along and you're just, you know, singing with the music or whatever. And you think of a friend that you used to have. Well, you need to just stop and say, God, what are you saying to me? Do they need prayer? Should I call them? Shall I pray for them? Be instant in season because God is speaking by the power and the anointing of his Holy Spirit. That's his job to speak to us and to tell us to live for him. You know, uh, John 15, 13 says that. Greater love hath no man than a man that will lay down himself. Who will lay down their life for God? Do we have to be in Africa? Do we have to be in the nations of the world to lay down our life for him? We can lay our life down today. We can come before him today and lay down our life and say, God, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to grow. If it kills me, I'm going to grow in the power of your grace. Every time you feel you need his grace, before you partake of his grace, say, God, 
move in my life. Let me hear what you have to say. I felt the grace that you gave me in that circumstance. Now know that I love you and I receive that grace. Listen, church, talk to him. He wants us to communicate to him. We communicate with one another. We can talk for the hours. We can sit in our little groups and talk, 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 talk. You know, just go to some place and say, okay, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Father God, I'm here. I'm going to have a talk with you because there's, you know, they're with you. Where we're two or three are gathered together, you know, he's in the midst. And just call him and his uh, heavenly family to come and start having some communion with him. Some talk with him, not just the cup and the bread, but have a conversation with him and hear what he has to say. And I promise you, he will speak to you. You will hear something in your heart. You might not want to hear it, but you will hear it. And God will speak to you because he had to conquer his flesh that we might conquer our flesh through him. So that's what this season is about, is conquering our flesh. Do we have bad bad uh, vocabulary words? Do we have bad... bad you know, uh, attitudes, do we, uh, are we critical? You know, do we have those kinds of things going on in our heart? You know, are we easily uh, distraught? Does somebody make us mad just because they look at us wrong? Those things don't belong in the heart of God. Christians are supposed to walk in purity as much as we can. We know we're not perfect, but we know that we have to move from glory to glory. What we once did, we don't do anymore. You know, and we move forward in the things of God. Scripture is full of the gifts, the bountiful gifts of the Father. I want you to lay this bulletin near you and read those scriptures because God wants to speak to his people in a supernatural way. He wants to turn us from the things of the world toward him that we might grow spiritually. Because church, if there ever was a day that we need to be spiritually strong, it is this day. If there's ever a day that we need to have the anointing in our life, it is this day. And we get the anointing by the word of God. The anointing is not there because somebody's just hot-tempered and can preach well. No, no. It's because they preach the word of God. And the word of God is what changes hearts and lives. Just the word of God. Just because we say we're good doesn't do it. It's because we have the word of God in us. And I know that. I know I'm speaking to the choir. I know you all read the word. I know that. But we've got to get bold. We've got to get up to be a witness. We've got to overcome the things that the enemy brings against us that detours us. Oh, my Jesus, help us or help me. Because we need to grow in the power and the grace of God. And God is speaking to the church. He wants us to have a greater love for the world that's lost and dying. Maybe you won't go door to door, but you can have a love for the world and for the sinner. And you can pray for them and you can ask God to send people across your path. If you're timid and you can't start a conversation, ask him to send somebody that's talky. And they'll just start talking to you. You know, there's people when you go in the marketplace and you go down the aisle and you're looking for the tomatoes and somebody comes along and they say, well, it's a hot day out, isn't it? Or they say something. What what, Can I reach you something? You know, they say something to you and that's a door and just shove your toe right in and, and, and begin to witness for Christ. This is true, church. My mama got beat for talking about Christ. And did she stop? No. She kept it up. She kept it up. Broken jaws and all, she still 
magnified the Lord God. And that is a witness that God is greater than the things of the world. God is great, church. He will help you. He, If you're shy, he will put unshy in you. You know, he will give you an opportunity that people will talk to you and you'll have to say something back. You'll have to glorify the Lord. So God is a bountiful father. He sent his only begotten son. He gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to just run through this church like a storm. I want us to get the tongue language. I want us to be empowered by it. And if we haven't spoken in it in five minutes ago, that he will just ramrod us until it just oozes out. We need to grow in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you have that gift, exercise it every single day and pray for those who don't have it. Because God needs the power and the energy and the strength in the body of Christ for this day. Because we're headed for turmoil in this election. We're headed, the church, the world is divided and we want the church to stand strong together for those things. This, our world is corrupt and it's corrupt because God's light is not shining like it should. And we have to become bold and we have to become like a lighthouse with a beacon, not, not just a weeny little match light. We need the power and the anointing of God to be surging through us, church. I need it. I want it. I want our church to have it. I want us to be bold. I want us to be a witness of Christ in our life because God has done marvelous things in this house. He's healed people. He's saved people. He's kept people. Brothers had his head knocked three times and he's still sitting back there in the pew. You know, God is on the move, church. Just because the the world looks wicked and corrupt doesn't mean that God is not on the move. And the worse that the world gets, the meaner and the nastier the world gets, the power more powerful God gets, church. We don't need to be limping along. We need to know that the power and the anointing of God is stronger than it's ever been. And it can come against any force of evil that is empowered in our world. I love this. I'm just about to close, but... I love this. I was in the dictionary trying to see a more deep meaning of bountiful. And it said generous. And it said above all. And these things are God, right? And it said abundant. And then finally it just ran out of these words. And this is what it said. And I'm, I'm quoting from, from, uh, from the dictionary. It says, well, God just thought of everything. That's what the dictionary said. The dictionary I get on my phone. It said, God just thought of everything. Isn't that awesome? I mean, if that's more than generous, that's more than abundant, that's more than bountiful. God just thought of everything. And you know the things that you think about and you worry about and you're concerned about? I know Christians don't worry, but, you know, those kinds of things that go through your mind, church. And then you just thought, stop and think. I, I did that this week and I said, well, God, you just thought of everything. And I just think that that is so humorous to think that the world don't even hardly know him. But they know that he thinks of everything. If they truly did, they'd repent, wouldn't they? Yes. So how awesome that was, you know. Well, we have a bountiful Father Church, and um, on your bulletin cover, I want to, I want, you know, we labor over the bulletin. 
people come and help us. It's a it's a big chore and it's an expensive thing, but but we labor over it mainly because it goes to prisoners, and they need they need to know the Lord. And they they don't some of them don't have any visitors. They don't have nothing. Some of them are in tiny cells, and they get the bulletin, and it it, it tells them we love them, and it, and it's so it's it's money well spent. But this is the journey. See, this is the journey that we're in right now. Jesus is in this journey in the past when he got our salvation. So it's kind of important to just lay it around in your home somewhere and go by it and say, thank you, Jesus, for the journey of of Lent. Thank you, Jesus, for the time of repentance. Thank you, Jesus, for spring. You know, and, and it says the nails, the betrayal, the cup and the bread, the cross, his suffering, and our deliverance. And are we willing to walk that path? Are we willing to do what Jesus did? You know, they go around and they say, what would Jesus do? And I say, you know, let's do what Jesus did. Because he did a marvelous job of being our beloved, beneficial father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you that you are a father that thought of everything, that you know everything about us, Father God. You forgive us. You raise us up, oh God. You call us. You call us servant, Father God. You say that you'll encamp around about us with righteousness if we just worship you, if we just honor you. We thank you, Lord, for every nail that went through your body that purchased our salvation, O oh God. We thank you that when you were betrayed, Father God, you still loved the world. You still loved the Father. You still was obedient to the Father. We thank you that you gave us the cup and the bread to celebrate your life. Father, we thank you that you suffered the cross for us. Father, we're thankful today for our deliverance. Oh God, you delivered us. You set us free. You took away the bondage. Father God, and this is the season that we want to grow in you, oh God. Lord, I pray this morning, Father, that you would open our eyes to see how bountiful you are. Father, that you'd open our ears to hear how bountifully you are. Father God, that we would just come into your presence. We would find that quiet place, Lord, and speak to you because you are a bountiful Father and you will speak back to us. God, may we hear your voice this week. May we respond to it. We thank you, Lord Jesus.